0: Sharing wonderful times every day all together singing a song, growing in every way. Say hello to your friend, babysitters club Say hello to the people who care. Nothing's better than friend, babysitters club you know Hi everybody, welcome back to the Be There and Five Podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. It is two AM, Thursday, March twentieth. Wow. No, Thursday, March 19th, <laughs> doing this intro a little late podcast is uh, a, l- a little later than usual because I had a, a Pulitzer worthy the episode <laughs> come out Monday uh, as a bonus. I'm going to be doing two episodes a week if I can um, the next few weeks, at least no real reason why nothing's going on. I mean, geez world wish wish something would happen this year Want a snooze fest status quo like i need some stimulation things are feeling really stable and um you know i figured i'd just spice things up with a little, you know a little, an episode inspired by none other than anna and martin but you know i just for today let's just ha- let's just like enjoy ourselves let's just have fun let this serve as a distraction you welcome departure and an otherwise very serious um sea of content uh, for my i i'm going to put my thoughts recommendations you know whatever more serious musings at the end of this episode and also this will be two parts the second part I'll talk a little bit more about my affinity toward the bsc especially because i you know i'm going to cave and get a stush even though i have every other thing besides showtime i guess i want to watch homeland too and that's where the babysitters club is so i'm going to cave and watch that <laughs> and uh report back because there's so much i could say but i want to just get into the stories right now because i think we all just like want to hear fun stories and i'm so grateful my sister joined me for this because it's so much more fun to have as a conversation and um yeah you guys are the absolute best i hope you enjoy this episode we're um just telling funny stories about or like i had listeners submit funny stories about babysitting or being babysat with the subject line marianne is an art because she is and she's a bowl cut you know, secretary that's just a real stickler. And you guys know how I feel about sticklers. Like, live a little. I'm such a Don, you know? <laughs> just kidding. Am I, though? I never really identify with one wholeheartedly. The one thing I just, like, I'll never get past is Luca was 17 and Stacy was 13 in the movie. That was so strange. It still is strange. And I'm going to rewatch it and I'm going to just sit there and stew in how strange I feel it is. But what are you going to do? I love that movie with Le- Rachel Lee Cook and Larissa Olenek of The Secret World of Alex Mack. Oh my god, it's so good. Also Claudia is a fashion icon. Also given the current current climate of what like the TikTokers were, I think Christie would do very well. Um, you know, I just admire that I was lucky enough to to grow up with a brilliant, ambitious tomboy who, you know, assembled a diverse group of young women and just like was like, L- "Ladies, let's get open a phone line and get paid." And it's like, "Yes, let's do that. That's what we all should be doing." And I think, strangely, we were all very empowered by this and saw the kits and activities and the fun things they do for the kids. And we'd be like, yeah, we can do that. But no, we wanted to pound fruit roll ups and like watch PG-13 movies, uh, hoping that we were babysitting for a family that invested in movie channels. Um, That was my game. As you'll hear me talking to Kelly, she had a very different game in mind. But, you know, we all bring value in different ways. But truly was just there to pound snacks watch movies hope the kid went to bed i was so underqualified it's actually terrifying and i babysat very little in the grand scheme of things but i was just so like it was honestly grounded in like i didn't want to do anything because i was scared something would happen and after reading the stories it's safe to say that uh, yes a lot of time these things did happen and go wrong and i don't know if i would have been well equipped to handle it and you, guys, I mean, these were so funny. We were cracking up. Thank you for sharing them. You're always so generous with your stories. I try to get to as many as I can. I was actually shocked how many people had stories about this. I always I never know what it's going to be like. Um, so I'm collecting really great stories of like, um, you know, signs, synchronicities, uh, coincidences, like deja vu, like kind of more of like the spiritual type of stories where you feel like something like that defies logic happened to you that like had a major impact on your life. I'm going to read some of those stories next week solo because um, I'll probably cry through them, <laughs> especially the ones about like signals from loved ones. And I even though it's kind of like a little darker in theory, I think it'll still be uplifting. Um, So I'll get out part two of this babysitting one as soon as I can. We'll also do signs. We'll also talk pop culture. I'm trying to figure out content wise what to do. Um during these times and at the very least keep you company at least a few hours a week if I can I actually don't know if part two will be a regular episode or on patreon I'm trying to I anyways there's a lot of behind the scenes complexities with like advertisers slated and like when I'm putting out episodes and so sometimes it might just make more sense to put it on patreon um a lot of you are on there anyway and uh that way I just don't I, I don't like obsess over editing and stuff um and I don't have to put an ad in it so anyway yeah we'll see whatever I don't need to work these things out on the air, but you know, just we're all having a bit of a time here and I'm just grateful you're sticking around. It's the, the irony is a lot more people are probably listening to podcasts, but I think your share of ear is harder to garner than ever because there's so many places you could be spending your time right now. And it's just, it's so cool if you're here and it's not lost on me. And I I sincerely appreciate it. Um, So hang in there, stick around for the end of the episode to hear my thoughts on what's going on. And uh, on a more serious note, And uh, the next episode, you know, we'll get a little bit more into BSC. But for now, I just wanted to share some stories. The uh, last thing is, um, so this is not a perfect process. (laughs) Having a conversation over the phone has this quirk of cutting out the other person's voice if the other starts to talk. And since we're like laughing back and forth, it's a little tough at times. I tried to edit it the best I could. You'll get used to it. I just want to clarify, like, I know it's not ideal, Uh, So just appreciate your uh, patience as we're dealing with a more remote world right now. All right. Love you. Bye. All right. So I'm here with my sister, Kelly, who, um, you know, to say that one of us was more of a babysitter than the other uh, might be a bit of an understatement. It's a big family conspiracy that I never babysat, even though I know I did. But Kelly um, quite literally was predominantly friends with adults since she was about nine or 10. Um, so I had her, I wanted her to come on to read these stories with me because, you know, a, some of these things I'm like, is not that bad. And I wanted to get Kelly's two cents being that she's a former educator of of kindergarten and pre-K and a seasoned babysitter, former nanny, all the things. Um, and, uh, Also, I quite frankly wanted the company because we're in trying times right now, and I wish we were sitting in the same room, but we can't. So much like everybody else, we're going to make the best of it and do this digitally. Kelly Kennedy, welcome back. Thank you for joining.
1: Girl, thank you so much for having me. I normally am like, sure, I'll record. And I'm pretty sure I was like, hey, do you need someone to record with? Because that's how desperate I am to talk to someone. And I am so thankful to be here. (laughs)
0: Well, and I'm thankful that my family members don't mind me recording our interactions. You know,
1: (laughs) whatever it takes. It's
0: everything's content.
1: It is. And, and the fact that we're on day three and I feel like it's been 30 days or more, it, it just means that others must feel like I do. And if we can talk about the good old babysitting days, I am happy to
0: truly and Kelly and I actually want to record a separate Patreon on like a more serious note about like I don't know just kind of uh for lack of a better term venting about this weird situation and how like everybody there there's a downfall to everybody's like social isolation and it looks different for everybody but we're all like idealizing each other's situations mm-hmm. And, um, we wanted to talk about that. We'll record that uh, maybe as we get a little further into this to see how our feelings evolve. Day five, day Um,
1: five.
0: Yeah. Day five. But, uh, wait, Kelly. So am I, was I correct in kind of explaining that you were like a, uh, turbo babysitter?
1: Yeah. It's something at the time I didn't think anything of it. As I look back, I would give up any sort of social activity for the chance to babysit because I just loved playing with kids. I, I it wasn't about me. the
0: money. No, I
1: made five dollars an hour max. It it was wait. It was fun for you to babysit the kids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had. I, I loved it because you get to do. You get to plan. One. I get to plan, which I love to do. So you get to plan all sorts of activities. You get to play, and the kids in general are just always so happy and fun and joyful. At least as a third party coming in. Let me start. Let me say that as a third party coming in. Kids are always fun and happy and joyful and just full of energy. And it it literally would brighten my day to get to play with kids to the point where I would reach out to, like you said, I became almost more like friends with the adults. And I would reach out to these friends and see if they wanted to do anything so that I could babysit. I actually still do that to Emily. (laughs) I reach out and like, do we need a sitter?
0: For your own blood, it makes sense. But for... (laughs) I mean, here's the thing though, for every like terrible babysitter, I'm sure there's like three well-behaved, you know, young people on the block that are too scared to get in trouble that like love the responsibility and like play. It's almost like when you're certain, when you're like 10, 11, 12, you're still like the age where you yourself like play teacher or play this or like are more imaginative for So it's almost like, um, was a proxy for like, being, well, at the time you wanted to be a teacher or Mm -hmm. like, it it was kind of like a weird, you were also a kid, but you were getting to live out a more like, like real life job scenario that you wanted.
1: Yeah, completely. I mean, it really was, we would just brainstorm different things to play. And, And again, I mean, there was no TV, like people in general just didn't watch TV or movies. So we were always outside, which you can't always do anymore. So I know it's different. But it was just, I don't, I can't describe it. I just had the best time. I never regretted babysitting. And I mean, to the point where I, yeah, would not do social activities or events, or would like not say yes to something in case I got asked to babysit. Which saying that out loud for the first time I can't, like, that's so really, sad. you know, maybe this set the trajectory for my entire <laughs> life. I think I need to regress like right after we get done. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do that.
0: That's I that's accurate though. I remember you being like that. Um, and I I just simply can't relate to anything you just said because for me it was like counting down the minutes till it was over because I was so nervous to have this like the the kid's life in my hands. Also I was underqualified and I'm a youngest child and I'm in, in you know, not I guess as self-sufficient as you probably. But um I it's so funny to hear you say that because it just really was such an obligation. It the you know I know you guys don't think I actually babysat, but I swear I did. And um I you said people didn't really watch TV or movies and I planned activities. I would literally walk in the parents would leave i would raid their vhs collection and just like hope the kids occupied themselves and like that's what's Uh, weird i'm not a bad person no but i but this is and so like but i i definitely was so immature i was more concerned about occupying myself But you've been like a good soul since you were born.
1: (laughs) No, that's fascinating. I, yeah, I, I, it's, I can't remember a time when I ever rated the VHS tapes, like when I was babysitting. Now, granted, you know, at night, sometimes it could be a treat where they would get to watch a movie and we'd have popcorn, like our old babysitter that used to intentionally burn the popcorn so that we wouldn't eat it and she would get all of it. I did not do that. But I, when I do think back, And I think people wrote in about this to your point earlier, to be 10, 11, 12 years old and to have the lives of three young kids in your hands (laughs) under the age of five, you know, at that age, it's wild, it's wild because it would never be done today, but it never crossed my mind or anyone else's obviously right. That there was something wrong. And yeah, I might've been more mature for my age in terms of being able to handle multiple kids. I don't know, but it wasn't, I mean, I wasn't the only one. Everybody was babysitting at that age. Everybody. And you totally. just, it was fun.
0: Well, and I think too, um, because part of my concern with this episode is like, okay, I don't want like, you know, new parents, current parents, whatever, feeling anxious based off of these stories about like <laughs> babysitter hijinks. But A, all of these are like deep in the 90s. B, this, I swear was this weird cultural thing. And I, my theory is that it's kind of babysitters club adjacent because the books were so big and they had this like small lucrative business and like they made babysitting seem like a hobby and a cool thing and a fun thing. And for some like you, it was for others like me. I I was like, Oh, this is not my journey. Um, (laughs) but I think that the important thing for like current parents to remember is that like, that, yeah, the times were different. It was usually people like in your neighborhood more often than not, these stories, the kids are terrors and the babysitters are fine, nice girls. And um, also you have a nest cam, like nobody can get away with anything now because you could watch it back. And I, some of these stories I was reading and thinking about how viral they would go if there was a nest cam.
1: (laughs) Wait, that just kind of, well, yes, I agree with you. And two, that brings up a good point where you should crowdsource any funny stories that have accidentally like situations that nest cams have picked up because I've heard a few and because people don't realize they're being recorded and they're really funny. Oh my God. That would be funny. Yeah. I it's,
0: it, I like don't have any, uh, I, like in my immediate home. Um, right. I actually am trying to get one for my front door for the dog, but, um, I, I, it's in it. And if you don't have kids, when you go to people's houses with kids, I forget that everything's filmed. Not that oh, I do yeah. anything weird, but like, you know, it is kind of a different feeling.
1: Oh yeah. I'll think about it after the fact. And again, same thing. It's not like anything, you know, but I'll, I'll say to someone, be like, yeah, just so you know, I, I uh, needed to discipline, you know, whoever, <laughs> like, Right. when you watch yeah. that back, you'll see, like, you'll see it why. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like if I imagine somebody at work and they like look and their kids like screaming in their room out of context, it looks awful.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, but no, it's just, Uh, I don't know. It's people were trusted at a younger age. It also not to sound cliche, but it was a different time. It, it was just, and to your point again, people were all close by and it's like, I could easily call mom if I needed something, you know, that was kind of the backup. What's funny though, is that and calling mom, the only way I could reach her was a house phone because obviously there weren't cell phones or a way to get in touch with the parents. Like I remember parents calling at night to check in, see how everything was doing, like call the house phone to determine if they could stay out longer.
0: Yes, that was the worst. Um, a, because it wakes up the kids, and B, because I had to clock more hours. Um, But if the kids were asleep, the best case scenario was you get a pretty young kid they put down and then I'm just there all night, you know, free reign over the cable. Um, But (laughs) the worst is trying to get the kids down. Yeah, the house phone ringing. And a lot of these stories, too, are like there were no cell phones, so X, Y, Z. And you can't help but kind of think of that inverse relationship almost with safety measures and technology and Paranoia of the parents because not only were people young under and underqualified, there was minimal. You couldn't watch them over video. There was minimal way to get in touch with the babysitter, and yet nobody cared. But now you literally could watch the babysitter like a hawk, and I feel like people are more scared.
1: Oh yeah, I would be, and again, not because anything weird has happened. It's just like I just would be nervous knowing I'm on camera at all times. Um, but, like, I also think there's a funny layer,
0: too, of I feel like mom didn't necessarily believe us. She would believe the babysitter. hmm Like, it almost right. became a piece of lore that that babysitter yes. would burn popcorn. But, like, mom didn't get it. Like, my the days I was allowed to have snacks were limited. It was Friday, Saturday. I know. And she burned the popcorn. And I cried to this woman.
1: <laughs> I was like, please stop. It's so much that Popcorn. It was traumatic. And yeah, maybe we've blown it out of proportion at this point, but it definitely happens. And I agree because I was so excited to get to have a little bit of. Remember, we were allowed to have soda? Soda and popcorn on the weekends. I know. It was the dream. And to have burnt popcorn was just not, you know, favorable.
0: But, well, no. And then my second piece of Kennedy family lore I wanted to clarify with you. Mm-hmm. I have this memory of mom and dad getting charged a fortune because, ironically, our babysitter forgot to return the VHS to Blockbuster. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. <laughs> Excuse me. Kelly's <coughs> oh. coronavirus, everyone. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to refill my wine. Please, while please come. On
1: that. Please come hang out with me, everyone. Sorry. No, I I swallowed my wine down the wrong windpipe. Anyways, I don't remember the name of the movie, but I do remember there being a fine because the movie was not turned in on time. However, it's right. I mean, it was crazy. I don't think they ended up paying that much. We'd have to ask. I mean, should we call her? I just remember there being, that was definitely an issue. And I do feel like there was another... Oh, it was when they, like we always talk about when they went out of town, like to Hawaii for two weeks Mm -hmm. and we had different sitters and we got along with some and not others. And it's just funny to, you know, to think about, I mean, we railed on this one sitter. None of us liked her to the point where we all still talk about it to this day. And it's been what, 30 years.
0: But what's your do you have a specific memory of that one sitter? Because that's the third piece of Kennedy family lore.
1: Oh, my memory
0: of her is that she would try to get she would try to force me to eat carrots, didn't believe I was allergic and that she took me to her house near like Canterbury pool. It reeked of cigarettes and her boyfriend was there sitting on a couch in like a very 70s vibe like there was tapestries on the wall. And I remember
1: feeling like I don't think I'm supposed to be here. You were a thousand percent correct. And her boyfriend went to our church, by the way. So I recognized him from church and. Oh, that's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. So he definitely smoked. I can't remember if she did, Uh, but I, so my memory is that we all were um, taking baths, not showers. And she was trying to force us to shower because it was easier on her because she didn't have to sit there and bathe us. And I would cry because I didn't want to, t- to take a shower, which is so random, but I, that has stuck with me all this time.
0: Also, Kelly, I, the thing I remember about you from our youth is how much you hated showering yes. because your
1: hair is so thick. It took yes. you too long
0: to dry it. Right.
1: I wouldn't dry it and it would just be, yes, no. To, I, I mean, to frizzy day, and it would upset you. To this day um, i rage like washing my hair is the worst.
0: Well- and like on the flip side of that, just so our mother feels better. Actually, the story won't make her feel better. Um, the best time I ever had is when one of my uncle's babysat us for a long period of time. And I had the best time because he let us watch Clueless several times. Yes. And that movie is one of the most important films of my life. Um, I had not been exposed to culture until I was. So
1: shout out to Uncle Bill.
0: Shout out to Uncle Bill. He not only did he let us watch Clueless, he had a Volkswagen Cabrio, it was, it was white, which is a convertible. Yeah. And he drove me to the mall with the top down after oh. I watched Clueless. And I was like, This is luxury. I am living. Oh. I never had felt in my life
1: felt more myself. Oh my gosh, what a great <laughs> memory! That Cabrio or Cabriolet, whatever it was. That it was it was everything, and you're right. It was the best time, and I loved because he would sit there so patiently and brush our hair. He would
0: brush our hair oh, and yes. and not get mad about the tangles. Yes, it was tangles it was are are an imminent threat of youth, much like that of quicksand. It's like these things that are like only problems in that period of time. Like now, my hair is just never that tangled. Like why were we so tangly?
1: Um, I don't know. And I can't speak for you, but mine still is.
0: You need to get, you have a wet brush though. Right girl.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it's That's fine. I mean, I deal with it, but it's just <laughs> obviously, <chilling>. obviously. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. It's just, I still, it, it goes back, but I just, all and then our,
0: our sweet late grandmother would babysit us a lot. Cause yeah. she lived in town, but she'd babysit us for like the day, maybe night. And the uh, it was funny. Cause I'd get frustrated with well, A, I loved it because she would not let my brother poke me around. Um, mm-hmm. And she would she, like, you know, when you're like related to somebody, you'll stand up to them a bit more. So I loved lived for that. But the hard part was that like it was great because my brother would get like booted and sent to his room. I was like, sweet, free reign over the Nintendo. But then my grandmother loved turtles and she'd get upset because the premise of Mario is quite <laughs> literally the entire time you stomp on turtles.
1: You're right. I forgot about that.
0: And she was like, Could you stop doing that? I'm like, gema I'm going to lo- lose my lives. Um, it, it's just like a sweet memory, I remember. And I was like, How cute is that that she cared about the turtles? I know. Um, that
1: really is so sweet. I honestly for- totally forgotten that that was her stance. Um, I was busy babysitting myself. So, you know. yeah,
0: you probably were. You're probably furious that she took your job. Probably. Um,
1: <laughs> I can do it okay. overnight. I'm 10.
0: Well, and you used to watch us all the time. Like by like, we had babysitters up until you were old enough to watch us, and then we didn't. So like, it's funny because I don't really have that many memories of babysitters because I'm the youngest child.
1: Mm -hmm. No, I Um, think I mean probably once I got. I mean, most people I started babysitting for were middle school. I I started with one family when I was ten, but it was just for one girl, and they were in the neighborhood.
0: I was telling mom, there's a family you would babysit for pretty regularly. But then you either got a normal job or went to college or something. So I started picking up your gigs. They lived in this neighborhood in uh, the West End of Richmond that's, like, known for these palaces. And and they had a daughter. And she just, like, wanted to, like, play princesses and, like, use her rich people toys. And it was just the absolute best. I have no... I I will have to talk later and see if you remember their names. Um, yes, but I'm dying
1: right now. I did not know that you watched them.
0: Yeah, I did. I like there was a reason I had to like pick up your shifts. I feel like it. It maybe was like, uh, once a week for like a month or something, and then you know mysteriously they you didn't need my services anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You probably assume that people – like, people loved you. Like, Kelly is so responsible. She's so clean. Like, she's so good with kids. And they probably thought I was, like, her clone and were <laughs> sorely mistaken. <laughs> um, oh, funny.
1: Okay, That's we'll funny. Other Anyways, other okay. So,
0: yeah. Let me know if I'm talking too fast and okay. uh, you don't hear me.
1: Okay. Um. If, real quick before you start, though. If for any of these you're asking – my advice. I would just like to preface by saying I do not have a medical degree, nor am I a mother, so this is all pure, purely just my thoughts. Oh,
0: and that's the thing is I don't want qualified people. Oh, great. Oh, good. I, have I no want babysitters from the nineties. Like what I would do Perfect. almost. Yeah, like what would you do in this situation? Okay, but great. again, what's so interesting? Well, AI. Tr- I actually have tried to stop reading stories in advance because it's more funny to react on air, but B the ones I have read, the kids are the problem, the kids and the parents, and it's not the babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's actually maybe helpful to like keep some of this in mind, but, um, okay. I just, I'm going to go through the emails one by one. Uh, okay. This person said, uh I spent much of my late middle school and early high school years babysitting kids in my neighborhood who were barely younger than I was. I was in the world's most boringly good I was the world's most boringly good and perfect teenager. I was very popular with my peers as I'm sure you can imagine, but the neighborhood adults loved me. Oh my god, Kelly, <laughs> that's you. <laughs> me, did I write in? <laughs> I had tons of good experiences, but here are a couple not-so-good stories I remember. When I was roughly 12 to 13 years old, I babysat for a kid down the street who was probably four to five at the time. She was adorable, but apparently her parents didn't think she was adorable when she snuck out of her room every night when she was meant to be sleeping. We went into her room to play, and she said, can I lock the door? I cleared it because whatever floats your boat. Turns out her parents had switched her doorknob and put the lock on the outside, and therefore we were locked inside her second-story room For about four hours before we expected her parents home. No cell phones in these days. I somehow climbed down via a trellis on the side of the house outside of her window to get us out. After she went to bed, I was in the kitchen, obviously searching for babysitting snacks because no pantry has better snacks than one that isn't yours. Exactly. I agree. I, I agree. Um, And their gigantic Great Dane stole a bag of pretzels out of the pantry. I didn't want the kids' parents to know I was raiding their snacks. So I started chasing the Great Dane in circles around the house. He eventually wised up and turned around. So then he started chasing me. And he was a solid 30 pounds more than me at the time. I jumped in a closet and I hid until my parents came home. That's so funny. That's so funny. Okay. Okay. One, I don't think I would have climbed down the trellis, but that's probably smart because if they called the house and you didn't answer, they would have panicked. But maybe that would have gotten you out of their locked room, too, because that's kind of their fault for not telling you that.
1: Yeah, I have gotten locked in a room before because of that actual same scenario, but I was able to shout out to the backyard to get one of the other kids to come in and unlock us. I don't know if I would have climbed down a trellis just so I'm torn on this one. I'm so fearful of like what would have happened if I had climbed down the trellis. But I think the fear of them being disappointed in me for letting it happen would have overcome my fear of the trellis breaking. And I would have figured out a way to get out of that room so they would not know that we were locked inside.
0: Well, that's what I would kind of think is funny. And that's so you about this story too, is that that's kind of like a traumatic thing and then to have to like escape. But then her concern with the Great Dane, was right. the parents knowing right. she had snacks Right. when she pro- honestly, no parent would. It's funny. Cause I used to cover my tracks too, except I'm sure when they opened the trash bin and it had like <laughs> a full Capri Sun, Alex Mack liquid, silver level of fruit f- roll up aluminum. They were suspicious with <laughs> the house, like a box, but I was scared. If they don't offer you snacks, you don't want to be rude. Like I was a bad babysitter, but I still have manners. Um, and, uh, it, but like when you think about being a parent now, you would never care if your responsible babysitter ate your snacks.
1: Oh, would you? I, I, no, I. There's no way. I mean, it, it, but it was funny because there was like this unspoken sense of, oh my gosh, it, like, am I allowed to eat this? Yes. You know, or like when they would when they would have, I always like when they would get TV dinners for the kids. I'd be like, are you going to finish that? Because like I wanted to finish the TV dinner because I love.
0: Like kid, remember the cuisine. fish
1: sticks? kid cuisines with like fish sticks and mac and cheese. And I was like, Oh yes, it's fish. They're not going to want to eat it. I can.
0: Oh, I would always clean off the kids food. I would uh, honestly hope that they wouldn't eat it. I, as a babysitter made it clear, I did not cook. So I, I couldn't prepare macaroni. <laughs> so I was a microwave only gal, which meant mostly kid cuisines. And the thing is, what's so confusing about those is the damn warm pudding and the corn that gets in the mm. pudding.
1: Oh, to this day. ooh, ooh warm chocolate pudding. And yes, now I'm visualizing the, I, I literally, it's all flashing back to me. The corn the, taste, the texture, all of
0: it. The corn was overly cooked. I know I could taste a kid cuisine. We would only mm-hmm. get them when my parents were yep. like out. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love kids food, but uh, this girl had a second story. This- <laughs> <laughs> A couple of years later, when I was 15, I was asked to babysit three of the neighborhood kids who were only three grades younger than me. I think this was just the parents wanting a slightly older and more responsible kid hanging out with their hooligan children, two boys and a girl. They were super smart kids, but also were apparently in an 11-year-old neighborhood gang. The three of them together were obviously stronger than I was, and I ended up duct-taped to a rolling (gasps) computer chair with tape over my mouth. The parents of the house, when they... They came home as they were rolling me closer to the top of the stairs. (gasps) No. They paid me like 10 times the normal hourly rate, called my parents to apologize, and made all three kids write me letters. Truly horrific. I retired from babysitting and got a job at Panera (laughs) after (laughs) this. I mean, truly. No. 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 Have we not? Like, we've all... Gone to Panera Bread at some point to heal. No, <laughs> uh,
1: clearly. Wait, I mean, that's that's so. I can't believe that actually happens. That's a like, that's, that's like a, a sitcom, movie. right? That's they wild. Duct taped her to a
0: rolling computer chair with tape over her mouth. That's terrifying. No, that's yeah. And that's okay. That's why that sort of carto- cartoonish hijinks, like kids wouldn't think twice about rolling a person down the stairs because they'd be like funny. Until they like died. B- ding, ding, ding. Right. Like that's what's so confusing. I I actually feel like that way about roughhousing in in general. Like with friends as a kid, because I'm just not like a physical person.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. I like not. I'm not a roughhouser. and even to this day, I don't know. Anyways, but um, that is terrifying, and I'm glad you're laughing about it now. But I'm also laughing that you went and got a job at Panera. I know. <laughs> No no heartbreak nor dilemma of the soul can't be solved with a bread bowl you know I just like I always go straight to Panera in my hard times um this person said I babysat a neighbor kid a few times i was 11 or 12 and way too young to be responsible for anyone she was a huge pain she was she would refuse to listen and would talk so much shit even though she was like 6 <laughs> wait I, I what examples of a six-year-old, like, talking mad shit?
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah.
0: I, can I'm they? I, see, I don't know a lot about kids. I guess I yeah. can. Yeah. Um, one time she called 911 without me knowing yeah. they called back asking if it was an emergency. doesn't seem like a huge deal now, but at my age, I was terrified. Oh, I would have oh. been too. Oh. Another oh. time she took a toy helicopter to my hair and made the propeller <gasps> spin. My hair got so twisted in the propeller Then my mom had to come over and cut <laughs> it out. Oh,
1: oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were these fairy, th- there were these fairy dolls that would launch from a launch pad. Do you remember
1: those? Yes. Oh my gosh. i would forgotten. And they would spin up and then go out
0: and they would get caught in your hair. I almost yes. wonder if that's what she's thinking of.
1: Maybe. Yeah. You'll have um, to some of
0: these are just like, like kind of commonplace, but I think that, uh, those are like the, I think those problems are more the norm than like, you know, getting sent down a flight of stairs duct taped with duct tape yeah, over your mouth. Right, right. Um, this person said, I lived in a neighborhood with tons of kids and I often got approved to babysit when I was way too young because my parents were home and right down the road, just in case something happened. I was so young that I was too scared to take a pizza out of the oven, which is how this story begins. I called my mom to take a pizza out of the oven and while she waited the food to be for the food to be done. Okay. That is so funny. That is funny. <laughs> to be old enough to care for the lives of your precious children, but not be able to take a pizza out of the oven. Um I called my mom and while she waited for the food to be done she read some sort of family fun magazine and found an article with crafts that she suggested I do with the kids after dinner. Oh our mom loves a family fun magazine. Oh. Like loves a Southern Living suggest- suggestion, <laughs> loves <sure>.
1: highlights. Yeah. <laughs>
0: highlights all that. Um I love this girl said I love a good craft sesh so I was all in so after dinner we decided to make flip-flops out of rolled up newspaper I asked the boy to see if they had any old newspapers lying around he came back with a bag (laughs) full of old newspapers I was I very responsibly checked the date it was September 12th 2001 perfect it was a couple years old I was good to go we took the newspaper out and cut them into one-inch strips to then wrap around and tape together to create the base oh of God. a shoe. Oh we checked God. a few newspapers and they were all old. All was going well. And I until I looked a little harder at the newspaper we were cut, cutting up. As I looked at it, my stomach dropped and it dawned on me that this was their newspaper collection from historical events. I didn't catch it right away, but obviously September 12th was the day after 9-11. The two others I cut up were the space shuttle blowing up and the tearing down of the statue of Saddam Hussein. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, no,
0: (laughs) Uh. it's to make flip newspaper flip flop.
1: (laughs) It's such a dumb craft. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I'm
0: crying. Uh, like, oh, perfect. September 12th. Like, yeah, like, you wouldn't think about it because you'd almost think the big story would be 9-11, but no, it would be the day
1: after. Right, right. And also oh, if God. she's probably what, 10, like you're not thinking about like that wouldn't be top of mind. No, <laughs> it's just funny for this is what I mean. Like, did, did that kid really not know or are these
0: kids just like little monsters tricking people all the time? <laughs> oh man mom saved me a bunch of that stuff i don't know if you've gone through your bag or whatever but newspaper uh collection yeah yeah uh, i mean I, that, stuff. Th- yeah these are things i don't get to do but point being ladies should we be saving newspapers from the pandemic i don't know oh
1: i don't i couldn't tell you the last time i held a newspaper
0: i know same actually um i should probably go get one let's see This one. (laughs) Hi, Kate. I grew up in a suburb in the southeast. Our neighborhood was lively and families, young and old, were always socializing and there were frequent parties. One time when I was about 12 years old, I was babysitting for a neighbor during the day when the father was golfing and the mother was on vacation. The Girl was seven and the boy was four. I walked to their home and the father nonchalantly said, feed them this meal at noon. Y'all stay in the house and yard. Be back around five. My friend lived across the street, so I called her from their landline to come help me babysit. Two 12-year-olds are better at supervising children than one, right? So we played around in their yard in a, on a very suspicious wooden seesaw, and the four-year-old boy got a splinter. The seven-year-old girl said, oh, my dad gets them out all the time for us so you can get his out. He keeps the tweezers above the fridge. Weird place for tweezers. So I no, go to, for
1: stuff like that, yeah.
0: So I go to get a chair to grab said items from the top of the fridge and I see a shoebox the seven-year-old girl says yeah it's probably in there my dad always grabs the shoebox before going outside in the shoebox was a pipe lighters and a huge bag of weed <laughs> <laughs> no! uh, uh, uh. Oh my God. here's what's so funny and something that both you and I would have done too She said, I knew what weed was from health class and the ever-classic dare class we had in fifth grade. I shrieked and showed my friend. She ran to her house and grabbed her mom and said, I have an emergency while babysitting. (laughs) I showed her mother and she just put the shoebox back up on the fridge and proceeded to get the splinter out of the four-year-old's finger. I was shocked, to say the least. Don't we need to call the police? Don't these children need to be escorted to a safe space? (laughs) why are we only focused on the splinter here miss deb the rest of the day i sat in pure panic the father returned from his golf outing later that day and paid me for my babysitting service but i remember thinking is this man a drug dealer and is this money drug money and i was a nervous wreck. i ran home to tell my parents and even cried about the whole scenario (laughs) drugs in our innocent neighborhood my dad proceeded to call the father. I was paranoid he was going to confront me about finding his illegal stash. The father apologized to my parents and he said that he had told me not to let his kids get into items out of reach. Um, no, sir, you did not say any specific rule like that. Needless to say, I never babysat for them again. My parents <laughs> like to joke and kid with me that sometimes to point out when I was the narc babysitter. <laughs> right, <that's-> um, <laughs> This is funny for so many reasons. Oh. One, the, su- the subject line I asked people to do for these stories uh-huh. was Marianne is a narc because of Marianne from the Babysitter's Club. She's just a stickler oh. and, like, right, right, gave right, me narky right. vibes. But two, you and I are, like, there's all these studies that show that D.A.R.E. had inverse effects. And they did oh. all these... Studies on like 20 um, somethings that were in the program, and they were all like more likely to do drugs, but I never understood it because Dare scared the living right. daylights out oh. of me.
1: Completely. I would have thought the exact same thing as her in terms of like the police are coming after me. I like they're, the dogs are going to smell it on my hands. Like I'm going to jail. I'm 12. You're I would going have to have juvie. Reaction. Yeah, truly.
0: Oh, totally. And like, I, I mean, I, I feel like I would see. Like I, eat, eat. like my mom would drink wine, but I never really noticed because right. she'd always have sparkling grape juice at meals too, and I couldn't really tell the difference. And in retrospect, props to mom, very slick. <laughs> um, I, but also, I when I would th- we didn't have like beers in the fridge, and when right. I would see beers at oh. like my friend's house, I'd be like, oh my god, their parents are drunks.
1: Right. Oh, same. Like I would be nervous, or when I would go babysit and see beer in the, like, I, re, I specifically remember a certain family and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so, and this was like the garage fridge, which was only for beer and popsicles. And so Mike's would, hard lemonades. <laughs> so I would go out there and be like, oh my gosh, like, does his wife know? Like, should I say something? Like thinking that it was literally like the worst thing. That oh, that does his using... wife know he had drinks
0: yeah. beers in his thirties? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. I look back, I could tug, I, I, I literally look back on our dare and kind of similar to like family life and sex ed. It's like, you you know, you have sex, you'll die. I honestly thought it was like, you do drugs, you die. Like there's no in between like die within a slow death, but also within minutes, which are opposing ideals. Um, but also I think that like we did dare at a weird time and it was like fourth grade and Mm -hmm. I don't, I didn't, I don't think I would have ever learned about peer pressure in the field because no one really does it.
1: Yeah, I agree in terms of how we grew up. I I do think it can be real in some places.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, the concept of peer pressure is very real, but like, I mean, the way they presented it to be like, um, I I, like, if anything I've learned in life, as it comes to like drinking or drugs, people want to hoard them for themselves.
1: Oh, right. Right. Yes. I see what you mean. Yes. (laughs) Right. No one's trying to be like, I just like scored this case of beer. I'm 16. I'm going to try. I'm going to give it all to you. Like, give it all away. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Um, But yeah, no, I think peer pressure can be very real. I just wasn't my experience. Like, and, no, as Kelly and I have talked about, nobody ever invites us to do drugs to this day. And um, it, it kind of just makes sense. I'm yeah, gonna say right. No, just but
1: I just wanted I just wanted to seem like I'm a fun gal since last time I recorded, uh it was made clear that being a fun gal within reason isn't really a being a fun gal. So, within reason. I forgot. I'm just that. trying to redeem myself. That was so funny.
0: Well, yeah, and I think um I don't know. I think the thing with dare is that if you're maybe by nature a smidge risk averse, it intrigues you more, mm-hmm. but if you're people like us that are like lifelong ride-or-die people pleasers, oh. it terrifies you to no your core. No way.
1: No way. <laughs> like, yeah, no way.
0: Oh, my God. That story made me laugh so hard. That is um, so funny. I'm going to tell that. So, I was... Somebody respond... I it, it, oh. So somebody wrote in a story, and I earlier I was going through some of them, and I was, like, responding, asking clarifying questions. <laughs> a few people <laughs> responded, but some... Okay, I'll read you this one. She hasn't responded yet because I'm not clear on uh, if this, like, I feel kind of like an idiot because I don't know if this is, um, it's about a Ouija board. And like, I don't, we Mm -hmm. weren't allowed to do one and I'd only do them at sleepovers.
1: Yeah, at sleepovers. Yeah.
0: Um, She said... My neighbor used to ask me to babysit her kid with my other friend. We did so often, and most of the time it was dance routines crafted to sinks tearing up my heart, where we would cut out paper hearts and physically tear them in half. That's that's commitment. I love the props. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> or we'd raise the outdoor freezer stocked up with all the bagel bites and French toast sticks you could ask for. Totally. But, uh, the outdoor freezer is fudge, fudgesicle heaven and bagel bite heaven. Um, but mm-hmm. one time I decided to bring my Ouija board. After the parents left, we went into the bathroom, lit candles and turned off the lights. Where's the kid? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We asked Mr. Ouija if anybody was there with us and it so quickly delivered by spelling out the name Heather. We were freaked out and turned on the lights and blew out the candle only to realize the candle was named Heather. This was clearly no coincidence. The girl I was babysitting started crying and we decided we had to hide all evidence of this. So we started digging a hole in her backyard to bury it like normal kids did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> her mom got home and walked out back to find me and my friend and a 10 in their 10 year old. Oh no. Her and her friend were 10 years old. Um, found them and the kid covering up the board up with dirt in the backyard while the daughter was laid in a fetal position crying. <laughs> so my question no. was, wait, sorry. Did you purposefully make it say Heather? Like who is
1: controlling the Ouija board? Right. Someone they obviously work? had to. No, I, because I remember doing these at sleepovers. Well, one person specifically at their house, parents had loose rules. And uh, to me, again, loose rule was being able to play with a Ouija board. And <laughs> I, I, to this day, never spelled anything out, but clearly someone else was. But I remember being so freaked out. And then we would go on to play light as a feather, stiff as a board.
0: Well, light as a feather, stiff as a board as an adult tracks because you know the strength of two fingers per person at eight people you know makes sense you could lift up a 50 pound kid right (laughs) but the Ouija board thing I guess is where I'm confused because people will tell me their stories and I'm like well so are we as adults just are we discounting Ouija boards altogether or do we still partially believe them I guess is what I'm confused by
1: I mean, I am probably not the best person to answer because I would think, I mean, I assume the answer is no, we don't believe them.
0: (laughs) I wanted to quickly thank our sponsor this week. It is Away. They create thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase, crafted with features that make travel more seamless, now they offer a range of essentials that solve real travel problems. So all you have to think about is where you're headed next. And even though I know this doesn't seem like it's in the near future right now, eventually we'll we'll be back on the move again. Um I have the bigger sized carry on. I've talked about it before. It's on it's an outstanding piece of luggage that's light, that holds a lot, that's misleadingly holds more than it even looks and is just like sleek and simple and easy to maneuver comes with a charging station like it really i don't know it's funny like i just never took a lot of pride in like my tj max luggage as like lovely as it was with the wires poking out and the scuff marks for days i just kind of never really thought about it but i honestly i don't know i feel like cleaner and sleeker and i just like enjoy having this and it's just a lot more lightweight than my previous like fabric based um carry-ons but all of their suitcases are designed to last a lifetime they have durable exteriors that can withstand the roughest of bag of chandlers every suitcase comes with interior organization system that includes a built-in compression pad to help you pack more which i can attest to and a hidden and removable laundry bag there's 360 spinner wheels it's a tsa approved combination lock that keeps all your belongings safe which is huge and best of all there's a 100-day trial and everything away makes um you can take the product on the road and see for yourself I think it's hard to conceptualize with a product like a suitcase that seems like so commonplace and not something you'd get like excited about you know it's not like a handbag or something you, you you have with you like at all times it's kind of like a means but I think that like you kind of really understand it more once you use it in that it's like different aesthetically organizationally and just like functionally so much more superior to traditional luggage and um I don't i don't know i just think you can conceptualize it better when you try it so you can travel with it you know take it on the road if you decide it's not for you you can return any non-personalized item for a full refund during that period no ifs ands or asterisks and they offer free shipping and returns on any order within the contiguous u.s europe canada and australia so if you want to start your risk-free 100-day trial and shop the entire away lineup of travel essentials including their best-selling suitcases Go to com slash be there in five. Just how the show is spelled F I V E not the number five. Um, again, that's go to awaytravel.com slash be there in five to start your risk free hundred day trial and shop the entire away lineup of travel essentials, including their best selling suitcases. And let's look forward to times when we're more mobile. <laughs> Thanks. I just brought the bottle down near my computer. Cause I'm sitting right next to the router.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Um, but like if Greg walks in, that's it's nice. like, <laughs> I I am the girl with the great day and hiding the pretzels. The amount of wine I have drank in the past three days. There was no bounds.
1: Um, Well, I just muted myself because, uh, so, you know, mom had made a care package for you and Courtney when you guys were going to be coming in town. And I was like, Oh, I should take a picture and send it to you. And upon taking the picture found the rainbow cookies. So Mm. I am uh, indulging in some rainbow cookies.
0: I freaking love those rainbow I cookies. I know.
1: I know. I. I mean, to say we're close to the end is is true. Like, I I only have four more left, so it's gone well.
0: Um, the the those and the ones with the little icing thing on oh, the top,
1: the little stars. Oh my gosh! You Crops Bakery is the best.
0: Um. Also, I like my Airbnb was next to what, like right by West Hampton Bakery. <laughs> that was like a oh. big draw for me.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. The eclairs. Oh yeah. Grandma used I to walk me there. Um, I know. I wish you could just hazmat it up and come back here. I um, wish so because
1: <laughs> I wish too. I'm so lonely. We, uh,
0: I, which is worse. You not having company or me being there, but tugboat sits on your couch. Oh, exactly.
1: Um, but if I, if,
0: You plastic-covered
1: it? I would figure out a solution if it meant that you would come and hang out with me.
0: (laughs) But I, Well, I think it's one of those funny things where, like, you always think you want something, but I think within six hours of having a dog in your home, you'd want me out.
1: (laughs) No, because – but after three days of – I mean, well, really since the weekend. Like, after several days of being here, I – and knowing that there's no end in sight as it relates to socialization – I am craving I mean I told you I want to either get a dog or a fish or a cactus and then they moved on to bearded dragon. So Okay, I'm so people did
0: DM me to warn you that you have to feed the dragon cr- live crickets. crickets.
1: Yes, I do know that.
0: That doesn't scare you?
1: Well, it does go against literally everything that I I am against, so to speak, because you know, you hate I can't bugs. stand bugs. <laughs> and I am yeah, I know that part isn't great, but They just seem like a very chill pet, and I just need the company.
0: Yeah, that'll do wonders for your Bumble profile. (laughs) (laughs) Wishing you the best of luck.
1: I told you I want to do Love Is Blind via Bumble and just see what happens. Like, start talking to people because you can't meet up. Love Is Blind
0: is the most sanitary reality show out there, and I hope they're still filming right
1: now. Like it makes perfect sense. They're all safe. I don't know. Anyways, all that to say, if you and Tug, um, want to come to Richmond, I welcome you with open arms for as long as you want. And we will figure out the couch thing. The the bed, no bed, no bed. He cannot sleep in the bed.
0: So so this is an, to, to allude back to the kids thing. I think this is an interesting parallel because, um, I think, You know, as those of us with children do, myself included, um, you train your child to operate within your home so you can survive and live your life. The second you bring child or pet to another place and they operate as they do in your home, it's so embarrassing because you realize. (laughs) (laughs) And I joke that talking about to my young son, but like really he he's my proxy for how I'd be as a parent and how I am as a parent is here's an iPad. Here's some snacks. Here's anything to like allow you to leave me alone. So I can get work done. I don't really have the long game, which I'm going (laughs) to learn. But, um, so if I take him somewhere else, I'm like horrified because he, he, but I can't blame him. He does not understand that he shouldn't sit on a couch or a bed. Right. So this is the dilemma too. It's like, if we enter apocalypse mode, of course I want to be at mom and dad's, Um, they would never,
1: (laughs) no, I think I'd be a little more lenient, but I mean, here's what I will, here's what I'll do for you. I will allow Tug to sleep in the guest bed. If you bring your own comforter and pillows and mattress cover so that none of nothing gets messed up.
0: Um, do you still want to double down on redeeming yourself from being a fun gal within reason? (laughs) Girl. You are Marianne. You are the narc. <laughs> I am the narc,
1: but it's, I would let kids get like, it's the dog. I, I just am against animals sleeping in bed. I'm sorry. I am. Except for Daisy when a I was 12. A lot of people, a lot of people are. It's I just, fine. I can't get it, but you know what? Talk to me in a few days and if I'm still here solo tug, you could probably like just tugboat can move in with me and he can literally have the run of the house. If it means I can talk to him in the evenings.
0: And yeah, I talk to you when your bearded dragon is snuggled up right <laughs> next to you.
1: Well, I do live right next to a very pretty lake, so we could, we could go on lots of walks. Do people walk their bearded dragons? No, tugboat. But yes, you can oh, put a bearded sorry. dragon on a leash. Actually, yes. That is sad. That's a little sad. Sh- should that be my profile picture? <laughs> Walking <Yeah>. my
0: dragon <laughs> with crickets in tow? I'm like so scared because sometimes I just can't tell if you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so this person says I babysat twins that went to bed super early and the parents stayed out past midnight which felt so late to me as a fifth grader yeah it uh-huh. is late <laughs> I get bored and do whatever I could to stay awake on so I always did their dishes uh Aww. but I put dawn soap in their dishwasher not knowing it's not dish soap And I put the kids to bed and I came out the entire kitchen was flooded with bubbles, like taller than her. Oh, no. (laughs) That is that's also a sitcom moment. But I that one I resonated with because that is something I would not have known in fifth grade because I even if I put dishes in the dishwasher, I wasn't the one running
1: it. Right.
0: Would you have known that?
1: Not not at 10. No, I don't think I would have.
0: But that's what's so funny is these stories are like they're not monster baby, they're like people yeah. trying to do the right thing. <laughs> right.
1: It's so, so sweet. it's so it is sweet and sad. <laughs> I recall a time I was babysitting and I too like to clean. And so I they are their TV. Remember when there was like the 90 inch, like giant screen TVs that were five uh, feet deep.
0: Yeah, the best day of my life is Obviously. when we got one. I never, I never saw really, it coming.
1: I never. It was such a great surprise. It had to replace the piano. It took up so much room.
0: We would go to Ohio with mom and come back. And sometimes dad would have bought, made a big purchase, oh which is like a hilarious thing now being married. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I feel like your I family yeah. jump ship and like you would then <laughs> splurge on some neatless electronic or something. Oh, one time buddy. you bought a grill, which was just exciting because yes. we got to reap the benefits of it. Oh, and yeah. one time you got a big screen. And I feel
1: like I remember a time with knives.
0: He got like a nice knife set.
1: Yes. I, I That would I'm impress wrong. you, not me. I don't know why. Yeah. I think that was the only, uh, no one else would care, but I feel like I remember that, but it's funny because I know, um, I know so many, yeah, so many like families where that's it. Like when the majority leaves, one person stays back and it's just like, oh, great. Here we go.
0: I pull all nighters when Greg leaves. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've I don't know. You're <laughs> It's,
0: I think it's just freedom. It's like, you obviously miss them, but it is, I think it's just a weird thing. Um, like per our conversation about how, like you always want, want it the other way when you're alone too much, it's not good. And when you don't have enough alone time, it's not good. Right. But, I think as a, as a society, we don't generally worry about extroverts because they're, they usually seem to be the less objectively troubled, but in this time, I think we need to watch out for our nation's extroverts. Cause this is, this is unprecedented. Like normally, if you want to seek human interaction, you can find it if you're in a place where you know people, but this is weird for somebody like you.
1: No, it's, and this is why I know we're going to do a deeper dive later on. Um, but It really, and and I'm joking about it, but it really, truly is an issue, especially not just to be extroverted, but to be extroverted and live alone where you don't, I mean, sure. Like we're talking now through podcasts or I have video calls throughout the day. It's still different though, to not be able to even just see people in the evenings. And what's making it worse is that you know, you can't, it's not like I'm choosing to stay home or chill for a few days. I I like I can't go and get my five dollar prosecco at Sedona for who knows how long, and it is uh, it's going to be tough.
0: Kelly, now everybody tough. knows where to find you when this yeah, all well, passes. It's true,
1: you know it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. Uh, no, it's it, we are the kid whose parents have not come home yet, nor have they called, and we just are looking into the <laughs> abyss of night, of like what's going to happen. Right. Oh, it's terrifying. um this person said, so I was ten years old, and I was babysitting a three year old and a three month old. See that's so crazy ten right. year old that's our nephew that's three years older than him. oh my gosh. Oh Isn't that my kind gosh. of funny to think that about is,
1: yeah,
0: um, and he's he's like very much a kid to us, but obviously we we'll always see him as a kid, but um. Babysitting a three-year-old and a three-month-old that lived in the house directly behind me. I got both boys to bed, and an hour goes by when suddenly the baby wakes up screaming. I walk upstairs to find baby diarrhea on the walls, dripping down the crib, in his hair, covering the (laughs) sheets, everywhere. My 10-year-old self gets it all cleaned up, baby in new PJs, and back to sleep. I go downstairs, rightfully traumatized, and turn on the TV to decompress. The family had some movie channels, and I flip to the one where the movie Austin Powers is playing. I had never watched it. Soon into it, there's a sex scene, and it's at this moment that my mom decides to walk over and check in on me. (laughs) She looks at the TV, and she's convinced I'm watching porn. (laughs) and goes off of her rocker. I honestly didn't even know what porn was. So I had no idea what she was talking about. That's the story of how I got right. myself grounded for a month while babysitting, <gasps> cleaning up
1: a baby explosion. Oh um, my Poor thing. That's so cute and funny. <laughs> I would love to know now, like, does she talk about it with her family? Like, is it a joke now? Right. I think we, until very recently,
0: didn't joke about getting in trouble. And even sometimes right. when I bring up flushing paper towels, I do still see a glimmer of anger oh. in dad's eyes. I can't, are you kidding? <laughs> like I'll lose. I definitely will. Cause I think they're funny, but it's like, yeah, there's a fine line between what is and isn't funny. But the Austin Powers sex scene, like you're, I would consider you an Austin Powers connoisseur, Kelly. Um You Austin watched Powers. a lot of that. Movie.
1: And I tried to convince dad to let me put, so remember Fuddruckers course and they would have like certain machines where you would play and you would get a prize and one of the prizes was an austin powers sticker and i tried to convince dad to let me put it on my 1990 civic and he said no and clearly i still remember it to this day
0: (laughs) oh kelly that's so like have you gone to therapy over that
1: (laughs) but really it tracks because remember those beaded seat covers so i I guess i did i had a very austin powers theme for a little while there
0: you really had a lot of, like, when flower child vibes were in, you really leaned in.
1: I did lean in.
0: You had a very severe middle part, a huge bell bottom. You loved a platform, and you had beaded, uh, a beaded doorway.
1: I did. Beat a beaded doorway that I would literally, like, slither under at night as to not wake any family members up if I had to go to the bathroom.
0: Military crawl. But honestly... Yeah.
1: Sort of devotion
0: to an aesthetic, I respect the hell out of
1: you know, at least I stuck with it. Hey, for once I knew what I wanted. I'm always so wishy washy. I really, like you said, leaned into that. You really did. What a time to be decisive! Austin Powers, here I come.
0: Well, it's funny because I was actually thinking about this today. I was like, did Kelly watch as much TV as I did, or not? No, because we were four or five years apart, depending, and like you're if they were more strict with you, you probably didn't.
1: I remember watching full house at eight o'clock on Tuesdays.
0: Same. And then when Michelle fell off her horse and it Obviously. was a two, week continued, oh. I was like, "Never!" I honestly have never been so stressed. Oh. <laughs> Do you need therapy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had four have you yeah.
1: Um, I remember that. I remember TGIF and I remember, uh, SNCC.
0: Yeah, the 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 like big TV watching events, but you did probably didn't do as much like casual after school TV watching.
1: N- not that I remember. I mean, like, maybe I, I did. Why. I just don't, I don't remember, remember
0: watching TV with Jim so distinctly, but not with you, and I don't know
1: why. I don't. I honestly don't. don't because I was babysitting. <laughs> 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 Problem solved. <laughs>
0: Um, well, I just had a thought of what I need to ask dad he'll probably listen to this what do you think he would be more mad about <laughs> oh no does it
1: involve ta- me I'm getting no. I like getting red in principle a
0: tattoo or a bumper sticker <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think a bumper sticker to him is more is less forgivable <laughs> we should ask we my parents do not do unnecessary
1: adhesives <laughs> No, not even close oh my god Uh, um and I was so mad too I remember that was I remember distinctly being like really mad about that
0: did it say yeah baby yeah um groovy or something it was
1: it was a it was a picture of Mike Myers as Austin Powers it was just it was just him like pointing yeah okay. oh, between that and the fact that i wanted the license plate love and evd i guess dad really did save me and i just didn't know it at the time there is a
0: time to interfere and love and eric Von <laughs> was the time <laughs> if anybody on the line doesn't remember he is from odd man out in brink very short-lived even more short-lived than a Devin sawa uh really yeah. really loved him um, i did i had
1: keychain i printed his picture out Multiple pictures out and like <laughs> wallet size and made keychains of his face, <laughs> and I wanted my license plate to say L U V N E
0: V D. <laughs> but the the I think too until recently it didn't register with me that like yeah we all had like J fourteen magazine and bought magazine and like had these boy crushes, but like you are sixteen. <laughs> You were older than Charlie Demilio, America's newest millionaire.
1: <laughs> oh, and you know what? I'm pretty sure if you did a side-by-side of me with my middle part, bell-bottoms, and and floral decor and Charlie, we would look really similar.
0: I thought you were going to say Mike Myers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. Oh, gosh. Um, but what did you lean into? You, were, you leaned like, into, like, Chanel quotes?
0: Yeah. Like, I was really – well, when, like – I always knew I, I, I had finer things taste (laughs) like since Samantha, you know, since I raged over not getting a four post bed. Um, and then like we went to New York when I was in high school and just like went into vans and manholes to like get like things that resembled like Dooney and Burke, which is so dark. (laughs) In (laughs) my defense,
1: weren't you 18 when we did that?
0: I was 17. Oh
1: girl. I am
0: Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> no, but that, but no, I drove that. You didn't care about designer bags. I did.
1: Yeah, but I let us get into a van with no windows and drive away in New York honestly, City. This is the charm
0: of New York City, and it's a great city. <laughs> I honestly think most of us have had a trip for um, fake materials before we realize the perils of child labor uh, and you know intellectual property infringement. But uh, some of my best memories are us getting in vans with strangers <laughs> that was one of the first times we hung out alone i know what right it was um an example oh. of when you're probably not a good babysitter uh yeah i really anyway. took a turn there so sorry um so this person said i was scheduled to babysit my next door neighbors one friday night when i was in junior high Uh, probably 13-ish. They had four kids, the youngest of whom was probably six months old, and I was definitely underqualified. It took me hours to get the baby to bed because I had zero experience. And then I decided to go downstairs and watch some TV because it was 2002, and I didn't even have a Motorola Razor yet alone a smartphone. It's important to note that the ring had just come out on video, and I had gotten suckered into watching it exactly a week before with some friends. It was, and still possibly is, the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. I agree. It's also important to note that these neighbors did not have cable, and I didn't know that. So I turned on the TV and set the channel number for the Disney Channel, looking for the Friday Night DCOM, Disney Channel original movie. Um, And the TV was just static. I tried changing the channel, and that didn't help. It was at this point I started hyperventilating and thought that the ring girl was about to crawl through the TV when I looked at the clock and noticed the time. I burst into tears um i before this is before she had a phone so i literally ran outside and screamed for my mom next door to come and save me because i was about to be brutally murder- murdered murdered <laughs> it turns out it was just pbs <laughs> <laughs> honestly Tamara's ghost haunts me to this day and i really do think tv static is so scary because of that movie like i totally agree
1: no, I agree. What's also funny is I'm now having a flashback to like, that's right. Disney channel was channel 22. PBS was 23. Like, <laughs> like I still remember all the channels.
0: Yeah. And, and you had to pay for a Disney channel right. until, yeah. And, yeah. and usually the parents with the, you know, reckless abandon to allow me to babysit for you know some reason, typically I had more money or maybe I only accepted jobs from wealthy families. <laughs>
1: You probably were making double me at all times. And I just like had no clue. Like you were negotiating your way from a young age. Oh,
0: totally. And I honestly think a lot of the memories per the millennial episode of like things rich people had, like intercom systems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really do only remember babysitting for like rich families or what I perceive to be rich, which That's is crazy. funny too, as I might have sought them out. You probably did. I'm a monster.
1: I I have needs. (laughs) Um, And it just aligns back to your finer things needs. It's cool.
0: The day I got my first babysitting kid, some of these do get to go down the bodily functions train. Um, I got my first babysitting kid really just watching tennis moms, children at the clubhouse while they played a tournament in the neighborhood. And I got my period for the first time. Like the mom pulls into the driveway to get me en route and I'm going pee and discover the crime scene in my pants. I was 11. It was traumatizing. Always one to honor my commitments. My mother slapped a pad and said, you'll be okay, have fun. And I spent the (laughs) afternoon playing Hall Monitor on the playground. (laughs) Afterward, my family took me to Firehouse Subs and my older sister used Microsoft Word to blow up a dot, like a period, to a size 128, (laughs) made that shit red and taped it to my door. (laughs) (laughs) three things are funny to me about this one uh we also have a mom that really believes in honoring commitments (laughs) and i that makes me laugh because it is just the thing like nope you said you will do it you will go you know and like almost over like not even thinking about what a monumental day that is um two i love that you remember your family took you to firehouse subs because i also remember the eateries i go to in times of trauma (laughs) (laughs) And three, your sister.
1: Oh, my God. That's so bad. I would never have done that to you.
0: Oh, this is kind of this is okay. This is a more serious one. But I this is interesting to me because I have thought about this in recent years, too. Um, I was 12 years old in middle school and a family friend's cousin had just moved into the neighborhood and needed a sitter for two toddlers. I agreed. Because I was eager to put my official Red Cross babysitting and child care training. (laughs) Yeah, of course. course. I didn't do that.
1: Oh, I did the second I was old enough. It makes you like a qualified babysitter. I remember going to the JCC because that is where they had, I'm sure they had them elsewhere, but mine was at the JCC and I learned CPR and I learned like child care tips. I'm pretty sure I was 10 years old.
0: See, why wouldn't I do that? You just Maybe didn't it take it as investment. seriously
1: as I did. Yeah. Like, I had, that- I made up though, like, <laughs> I made up babysitting like business cards with my name and number oh, and like God. ages of kids and like the activities I like to do with kids, like to get people to book me and would Kelly. drop them off in mailboxes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait. Why? You, you like got on our gateway.
1: Yes, three thousand or whatever, yes. and like use made like, a Microsoft Publisher and
0: template and like a clip art of like a baby, yes. probably.
1: Yes, <laughs> and drop them off, not to like total strangers. I would get so excited when I found out a new family moved into the neighborhood, especially if they had a baby, because I love babies. <laughs> <movies. laughs> <That's so strange. laughs> Go drop them, and I could be wrong, but I honestly feel like I also at one point started making cookies. And would drop off baked goods as well with my little like to be like, look at me! Don't you want me to watch your kids? I am so strange.
0: No, you're so sweet, and like that—that's so you. I don't
1: know that I would eat baked goods that like a (laughs) twelve-year-old cooked. But but think of it. But on and I'm not even saying this. But like, how long ago was this? Twenty, you know, twenty twenty-five years ago. I, I don't I, I think it was kind of normal because I was not I will say I was not the only one that made a babysitting cards. There was like a big like it was a big neighborhood deal to get a new client. <laughs> Did you have competition? Major competition. And I can name the people that I was competing with. I like believe you was one oh. person named Fallon. Uh, no, but that is whose house I would, would go to for the uh, sleepovers with the Ouija
0: boards. OK, yeah. Okay, Kelly, that's so weird. Her name and her last name popped in my head too. I'm not saying it. Um, but like, the, this is why people are like, how do you remember these things? And I'm like, nobody remembers anything until you start talking about it. Yeah. And I'm forced to talk about my life. So I've had this- you remember a lot, yeah. Privilege of like, r- yeah, getting to revisit so many things. That's really funny. Yes, yeah, she was the Ouija board. Um, but it's
1: random, but I agree because I haven't thought about my babysitter cards that I dropped off in the neighborhood um in probably since i did them but in talking through this i i have such a vivid flashback of doing that
0: i bet um i would like do anything if mom saved one of those cards
1: (laughs) oh she could but you know what she also could have saved so you remember they used to have like neighborhood guides and they would have a babysitter section in the directory yes in one year i get printed as a mother's helper and i raged because i was like no i am not a mother's helper I am a full-fledged sitter. I can take care of your kids. I can take care of babies. I can cook them food. I was so mad. And then the next year, I got bumped back to babysitter.
0: Um, do you think it was like a neighbor conspiracy? Like, Well, it was probably the mother of one
1: of my competitors.
0: I bet it was. Yeah. Is a mother's helper like an apprentice, like assistant to the manager instead of assistant manager?
1: It's like a mother's helper comes to help like play with the kids while the mom is still there. So that's what I do now with my <laughs> nephews and nieces yes <laughs> you're a mother's helper I'm Emily's mother's birthday. helper twice
0: a year <laughs> it's so sad oh, no really I get nervous like I've been left I've never have been, had all three kids um when either you mom dad or their parents weren't there I've had two of them before when somebody like ranted like Jimmy John's and I and I'm 30 two. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) So scared. I just, meanwhile, I have like
1: three car seats ready to go whenever they need to hang.
0: Yeah. See, this is like, it's, it's so weird. And I, and I wonder, I'd be interested to hear if other people out there that are terrible babysitters and or have like child rearing phobias. um, If you're a youngest (laughs) child, like, cause did you get experience by default being older than us? And I just never looked after anybody.
1: I don't know. I just, I think it's for some, probably sounds weird, but I think for some people, it's just more of like who who you are. Because I remember when we go to Ohio, I would get so excited to get to play with my young cousins and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I hope they let me hold, you know, whoever the baby was at the time. My vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Like I remember, yeah. Because I was, I guess, eight when Caitlin was a baby. And then I think I was 10 or no, maybe 12 when Lauren was a baby. And or I mean, Megan. And that like, I just would get so excited with the younger ones. You
0: did. I remember yeah. that now. I would yeah. just play with my Christmas presents.
1: Right. Very sweet. I,
0: I, I always liked talking with adults. Like I always wanted to be at the adults table. I've always been a big talker, but even as a human, I'm not a big player. Yeah. It sounds weird, but like I don't play. Like yeah, I'm not going. No, good I know she um,
1: you know, I know, right. Yeah. <laughs> like I did not <laughs>
0: really as a kid. I like wrote poems. I didn't like do the monkey bars. Yeah. Um, so
1: Oh, sorry, that was a long tangent.
0: <laughs> yeah. Honest, but if it's even if it's just me, I get off on these tangents. True. People are used to it uh on, and what's so great it's like everyone tortures me about my podcast length and now they're like we need more podcasts and I'm like isn't that funny oh, yeah. but now I'm grateful that people actually want the company
1: oh yeah and do you know what uh, it is you really need what a co-host
0: yeah I can't handle this on my own
1: <laughs> it's only been can't. two years I still just can't Ugh,
0: anyways but honestly the the yeah. The the audacity to say that in a question box when I have access to your username
1: is shocking. Shocking. Why would anyone take that opportunity and not, not, not to critique, to be so specific, to be like, not give, I'm not going to give you a topic. I'm just going to tell you, you suck. You need a co-host. Like that was the implication.
0: I know. It's so funny. Uh, And like. I know that there's like plenty of people that aren't into me. Like that's just the nature sure. of the job, but the, to still, f- I guess, follow me and stuff
1: and exactly. to, and to, like, to use that as an opportunity to be like you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's sorry. a
0: totally different show. And like, it, right. yeah, it made me laugh, but the the silver lining of that is that when I shared that it made so many of you guys so mad, it okay. was really satisfying at how many of you guys would like rage if I appointed a random full-time co-host.
1: Oh, people are in a good way, like super upset on your behalf. It was so I funny. know. And it
0: was very sweet. And sometimes I worry, I'm like, I never want, I like, that's never what I'm looking for. Like I never want anybody to feel like they have to defend me, No, but I do think sometimes it's, just, it's good to share the type of shit people no. do because it, it, and I feel, cause I feel like sometimes people are frustrated. Cause I, I'm not always great about answering DMS. I'm like, I don't think you understand DMS are a terrifying place
1: to me. What was so funny about it is again, it's not like you were seeking advice on to how to change the structure of your podcast. You were asking for topics. And it was the, 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 uh, the answers that came in were just so, I mean, you have to laugh, but I mean, some of them obviously were super mean. And again, you have to have a tough skin, tough skin to do this. Um, But But I just use that opportunity was a (laughs) was a bizarre choice.
0: And then like this person, you know, like that was talking about, you know, like me rambling or talking for too long. I said, Hey, I totally understand. Like long podcasts aren't for everybody. I'm genuinely curious because I want to stop like doing this in my head if it's it's not real, but like can, can you in your life think of ever having called a man rambly? And oh. the person goes, I would if the man just talked on and on and on. Because <laughs> I don't like when people bring up broader, more t- important, meaningful agendas to serve their own right, right point. Um, but actually, but being that females are underrepresented in podcasting, people are really harsh on women about their voices and voice tone and vocal fry. And, um, additionally for me, when I have a lot to say about a topic and I'm like, it's dismissed as being rambly. I know I go on tangents. It's part of the shtick, but right. also I do actually talk with a purpose and like there, there is a sexist element to me there of like an unconscious bias of people being like, Oh my God! A woman talking for too long is rambling, and I just never hear people say dudes ramble. Um, but I it, know
1: it, I know men that ramble.
0: Actually, I agree. I I, I think that some like it, I know one very specifically, and that is that dude on Married at First Sight dating the figure skater. <laughs> <laughs> but again, also LOL. We tried to tell this story fifteen times, and we <laughs> never got to it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I
0: just, um, so they told, uh, she got her, wanted to put her training to use the boyfriend or husband. She doesn't remember, picked her up and took her to the house. Two couples had moved into the house all in their early twenties and each had one kid. That's interesting. It's very full house. Um, Mm -hmm. they told me they were going out to dinner, set up the TV to watch movies and let me know they'd be back around 10. They left one of their cell phones beside, because the house phone hadn't been hooked up yet. And I didn't have my own phone. Um, I she said I had to wait to get my learner's permit before I'd be blessed with my first. Yeah. Parents of the 90s were very obsessed with like rites of passage. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: we all couldn't get our ears pierced mm-hmm. till we were 12. get phones until we drove like <laughs> um, she got the kids in bed on time without incident, went back downstairs to watch TV and waited for their return. At 10.30 p.m., one of the couples got home, not the ones who hired me. They said the other couple would be back shortly. They took their phone upstairs to bed with them. They proceeded to get into a massive screaming match, and I was mortified and didn't know what to do. I patiently waited downstairs to get my ride home. Time continued to pass, and I was freaking out. It was after midnight and panic was settling in. The first couple had clearly fallen asleep, and I finally got the courage to go up and knock on their door so I could have Mm -hmm. them me a ride or let them call my parents. When I did, the guy yelled at me, assuming it was their kid, and I was terrified and ran back downstairs. I then proceeded to cry hysterically as I looked through every cupboard and drawer in hopes of finding a phone or any way to communicate, because remember, their phone was unhooked up and the couple took their cell upstairs. I was contemplating walking home alone at 1 a.m. So finally, around 2 a.m., the other couple showed up wasted. They were shocked to see me and thought their friends were going to take me home. They kept cursing and were clearly agitated, and the guy eventually drove me home drunk and neglected to pay me. I was too relieved I hadn't been murdered to think twice and I sprinted into my house. My parents had been waiting for me and also had been freaking out. They didn't have the address of the house and were unable to get in touch with the friends who had made the connection. Needless to say, it was a traumatic experience. I didn't babysit for at least three more years. And once I finally did have the confidence to venture back into the babysitting world, I had to have a phone, all the necessary numbers, and was sure to share the address with my parents. Little did I know this would prepare me for first dates on dating (laughs) apps. Unsurprisingly, my parents also ended their friendship as they never apologized for the incident, only dropped off an envelope with $30 in the mailbox. Um, No. Okay. I think that's so interesting because I had that thought recently of like, you could tell when parents were like kind of tipsy coming home, Uh but they had to drive you home. Uh That's a problem.
1: No, I never ever thought about it then. And then in hindsight, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they were not that they were wasted. I don't ever think I was with anyone that was wasted, but I definitely feel like I was with, or I could just tell they were acting funny. And I remember thinking in my head, like, wow, they had a really good time. Like I didn't think about (laughs) the alcohol. Like I thought they were just really excited to be home. (laughs) No, I'm laughing because I have the same memory of being like, God, God, Linda, you're so friendly. Yes. No, it's always the dads because the dads would never talk, and then all of a sudden they'd have so much to say.
0: Yes, and but the, the dads—I I hated being driven home by the dads. I always did because I never knew what to talk to them about. Right. Um, and now I wonder, like, I—I I almost wonder now if, like, most babysitters drive
1: themselves. Oh yeah, they're older. What or, you mean? Or like, if I have a I car, the city. Well, oh, yeah, you can Uber. I, though, now that we're talking about this, just had a flashback. Um, I remember I was older, so I would have been in college. So at that point I knew what it was to get drunk. And I vividly remember babysitting for someone. Um, and th- so the couple was divorced, so the mom was going out all the time, and she would get home and like I would sometimes like help her up the stairs. Like that's how drunk she was. And I drove myself home, but it was such a weird, like turn of um like, positions of power, you know, to see someone that you think of as, like, an adult being so, um, being so, like, vulnerable because then she would just go on and on about her ex and it was crazy. How old were you? I was in college at this point. So I was probably 18, 19.
0: That It, it was, well, like, like, when I'd be home
1: for summer and stuff.
0: And then at that point, yeah, you're kind of seen as, like, a confidant.
1: Yes. Which is what it was because I'd known them for so like, so it was just, um, yeah, it was just funny, but it just not not funny. But when I think back, I'm like, oh my gosh. And this is way before we were right. So everybody was driving home.
0: I, yeah. And like, I'm just so, um, jaded by like being in a city where I can get a ride at the drop of a hat. And I know not everywhere is like that, but it's like, if you're a parent, Especially a new parent and like you are wanting to go out and have fun, you like have to think about that.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, everybody now Ubers. Literally, everybody I know now does Ubers. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> when I was about five or six, my mom and dad hired a babysitter. I'm guessing she was 13 at the time, though in my memory, she's super mature. Her name was Jen. Well, Jen thought it would be funny to pretend she was dead while she was babysitting. Not funny, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> my younger brother and I are pretty close in age and she'd lay on the floor, say she didn't feel well and close her eyes and not respond to us if we tried to pick up her arm it would flop back down I remember trying to see if she was breathing and she'd hold her breath so I didn't know if she was or not we were both crying and trying to decide whether we called the police and then after a while I don't know how long but at five it seemed like an eternity she fake coughed a bunch and was like whoa I almost died why are you guys crying I was just kidding
1: Oh my oh, gosh, that's so traumatic. But I'm also laughing because it was probably
0: over, it was maybe probably five seconds. But right. in her memory, right. she was so right. scared. Oh, you're right. <laughs> um, And then she would do it several times throughout the night and would be like, oh no, for real this time, I really don't feel well. She was the worst. She also told us not to tell our parents. Okay, she's insane.
1: Truly. Oh my god!
0: Plus, uh, a lot of people hid in their dryers. <laughs> um, I I don't think I ever did that. I did. Why?
1: At uh, Godwin. Why? Did you ever hear this story? Oh, no. mom got so mad. So, am I going to get mad? It, probably. We we thought it for some. This is so senior year. Remember I was like, I was like water girl for the football team because like coaches knew I wasn't going to talk to any of the guys. So I was a perfect candidate. (laughs) So I was literally doing my job, like trying to help the coaches out with stuff in, um, at the field house. And someone dared me to like get in the dryer and then they turned it on and I spun. Kelly And I I didn't think anything of it at the time, but in hindsight, I do have have very long hair. I could have like Ooh. caught on fire. You didn't yeah, hear this. Also,
0: isn't it like hundreds of
1: degrees? Well, it was. A, it was like a spin, and it was a commercial dryer. It wasn't like a little dryer. Like it was a commercial dryer, so I could fit in it. Are you trying to defend it? Yes. <laughs> it was a commercial. <laughs> I think at that point I turned where I was like, I will do anything for friends. <laughs> if someone well, wants me to get in the dryer, I'm in.
0: Because to a mom, that sounds like you were being bullied. <laughs>
1: But it was—I mean, it was like no one pressured me. I think someone, knowing me, someone probably said it in passing, and I was like, "Mimi, me, me, pick me! I'll do it." Yeah, know. you're like, you're like, this is a surefire way to get me a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't even thinking boyfriend. I was just thinking friends. It's Ugh. hard being a people pleaser. <laughs> it's hard being a people pleaser. <laughs> this person said,
0: uh, "For a brief stint in high school." I lived and babysat in one of those suburban, desperate housewives neighborhoods, big homes, perfect yards, definitely weird stuff happening behind closed doors. One weekend, I was asked to babysit a couple kids while the parents went to a party down the street. The night rolls on pretty normally. I finally put the kids down, raided the pantry and was watching a movie. Suddenly, I hear a commotion at the back door. And when I turn around and greet the parents, the mom comes strolling in the door butt ass naked. She was so drunk, word slurring, mascara smudged the whole nine. Her clothes were nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Did she walk down the street like that? I still don't know. She grabs a towel from the laundry room, and I honestly don't even remember what we talked about. What I do remember is that she tried to pay me with a large ceramic urn. (laughs) 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 She pulled off the fireplace mantles and she had forgotten her wallet. To be fair, where would she have put it? No, Karen, you cannot pay me with your old world decor. Oh my God. She was definitely like a swinger party. I think that that's, well, like, per the cue of like weird stuff goes on behind closed doors. I think like some places people do weird shit. Yeah. But I just, I know, it's like creeps me out to like think of my pristine childhood in terms of like the neighbors being what was creepy. Going on? So I just choose to block it out.
1: I know.
0: Um, this person said, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I used to babysit for neighbors down the street. They had a big house with huge windows overlooking the backyard woods. Uh, they would stay out until all hours of the night. I'm talking like 4 a.m. Oh, my God. You're in seventh grade. They would just sleep at their house, wake up the next morning and walk home. Sometimes they'd forget to leave money, so I'd awkwardly have to go ask them to pay me. Uh, uh. Um I was 13. That's so weird looking back. I'm pretty sure they were swingers or something. Hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, regardless, here's my best babysitting story. One night I was babysitting and the house phone rang around 10 to 11-ish. This was back in the day when you would pick up and take messages like a babysitter, secretary hybrid. So I answer and the man with the deep voice says, hey, little girl, I can see you. it's <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <What>? so scary. <laughs> Maybe I watched too much crime drama on TV, but I was thoroughly convinced there was a man in the woods watching me. Uh, yeah. I do you yeah. like scary movies? Um, I was gonna liken Samara from The Ring and the TV white noise to any time you the house phone rings at night. Scream, ruin that. She said, I hung up immediately, ran around, double checking. The doors were locked while simultaneously calling my mom, hysterically sobbing. I dragged both kids out of bed. They were four and seven and brought them into a guest room and hid them and myself under the bed. (laughs) My mom arrived within like three minutes to figure out what to do. Luckily, this is what color ID was. This is this is when color ID was the cool new thing. So she dialed the number back. Get this. It was the kid's grandpa. (gasps) And he thought it was the granddaughter answering the phone. (laughs) Is that better? I don't know. (laughs) 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 That's so scary. Okay, so do you mind if I if we break and then resume after dinner?
1: Yeah, no, that's perfect. Cause that way I can heat up some food.
0: Okay, guys. Hope you enjoyed the first part. I'm gonna put the second part on Patreon, I think looking at my um show schedule. Patreon.com slash be there in five p-a-t r e-o-n dot com slash be there in five. Uh actually Patreon is like a huge source of um like peace for me right now if so long as you'll stick around because uh it's not contingent upon the advertiser. It's contingent upon like your investment and commitment. And um even though the paywall it's like individually, you know, manageable smaller sums each month like collectively it helps so much during this type of stuff because like one of my advertisers pulled out this week, we usually have two to three a week. I've had several that aren't in a position right now to be spending uh, whether their product isn't relevant to the time we're in or uh, they are just like pulling marketing budget altogether. And it's kind of like scary. And like, obviously I've had to pull out of my shows. We had a bunch planned I don't have an official call on Atlanta yet. It's up to the venue. I just like I don't know. I I like I I think with the CDC recommending events over a hundred people for the next what was it eight weeks, um, discouraging that. Like I just I don't know. As much as I don't want to say this, I just don't think it's likely. Um, and it's so upsetting, <laughs> disappointing on so many levels. And yeah, I just you know. It's been a tough week, a lot of my job, even though you'd think it was stable because the people need like entertainment, like nobody, nobody can pay you to do it. It doesn't really, you know, so I'll still be here. I did this long before I was paid for it. And my priority is, is you guys. But all that to say, sorry, I'm not trying to be stingy and put stuff on Patreon as some sort of tactic. It legitimately is better at times because I don't have to put ads on it. It's a perk of people who support the show. And in a time when the advertisers are volatile, um, your commitment there, like I cannot even express to you how important and what it means to me. And if I I want people spending on their families, their lives, their the things, their priorities, the things they need. But if this is something that brings you value and that is helpful in some way, shape or form, please know it's not lost on me that you would spend your hard earned uh, money uh, with me and supporting the show anyways but as it relates to, like what's happening right now I just feel like similar to you know these 11 year olds babysitting you know three kids under six for some godforsaken reason in the 90s I feel similarly in terms of guiding you in any way shape or form as we endure this just in terms of like I think when you have a platform you want to be able to fit in some sort of stewardship or authority or you want to be a person that can communicate and educate on a topic well cuz i take the reach and responsibility incredibly seriously um but like i think in this situation i don't know any more than anybody else does i don't want to tell you how to feel i don't want to promise you things i don't know the only thing i want to say is to watch out for your own mental health to check in with yourself and with other people as to how you're feeling. I think there is a real head and heart battle that can occur when, you know, we're, we all have the maturity and the, the the perspective to understand, especially I'm kind of seeing it as this like 14 day period. I'm kind of a one step at a time person. Um, so I see it as like, okay, this 14 day period I'm sacrificing uh, control, uh, socialization, um, you know, a feeling of any sort of certainty as it relates to like my job. I, I, I like I'm almost just accepting ambiguity as the norm for this 14 day period. Then let's reassess. And I kind of like will piece out things like that for my own sanity. Um, but also I think that it's important to acknowledge that, uh, it's a very real personality trait in terms of an individual's tolerance level, Uh, when it comes to ambiguity like ambiguity and tolerance was studied in depth in the 1960s and acknowledged as a uh, formal personality trait because the way a person responds to a complex situation in the absence of a known outcome is a huge driver for mental health and being that this is uh, i know everyone you know with so many buzzwords we're like doing like you flatten the curve and um you know unprecedented and all these things are saying right now are like what subprime lenders were in the 2008 you know like mortgage-backed securities like I just there's like these words people are saying all the time um but i do think that like when we're building precedent right now by you know by nature there is no plan there are no guardrails to measure progress against that are going to give a person that needs direction and a plan, any sort of uh, solace. But if you're a person that uh, is ambiguity intolerant and you thrive when things are more concrete and unchanging, uh, when things disrupt this, people really do struggle with the ambiguity of of the future. And it's important to recognize patterns and behavior to check in with yourself, mental health wise, because this sort of stress and rumination that can occur as it relates to being intolerant to the unknown is very closely linked with depression. And I know I'm a depressive person. Um, I am actually very ambiguity tolerant uh, and I still am just like, what the hell is going on? Um, But I, I say that because I think it's easy to dismiss your feelings because, you know, you won't be as negatively impacted as somebody else or, You want to be a good citizen and focus more on the social responsibility aspect and the high level and all of that. And that's so important to keep that high level perspective. But we have range and we're human and it's okay, you know, by the day, by the hour, by the minute to feel disappointed and to feel scared and to allow yourself to have feelings and to not completely invalidate them because it could be worse or because everyone else is going through the same thing and yours couldn't possibly feel any differently because depending on your personality, this will feel very differently to you. And, um, for those of you that are feeling the intensity of an immense loss of control, I just want to tell you, I see you, I understand you. This is very terrifying, maybe more so for you than other people. And even though it will be okay, it always is. We will come out the other side. Absolutely. Um, the, the protocol for an unprecedented situation is just, just being like developed in real time. And, um, I think that I, well, I hope that. As weird as this sounds, you know, the one thing you can maybe find a little bit of peace with is just the sheer acceptance that you cannot possibly know, engage this relative to other situations. Um, I actively sit myself down uh, and think about this a lot because um, the the nature of my career, my job, everything, my hopes, dreams, fears, regrets, like everything is just open-ended. Like I have no, I have no blueprint. I have no path. I'm just figuring it out as I go. Some days this is this will be the death of me and I drown. Some days I find it incredibly energizing. I don't put all the pressure on myself to overhaul my personality and feel great about it. All I do is just try that, you know, day by day to tip the scales at 51% of me feels energized and is met with acceptance of the unknown. Even if half of me, you know, is like this is awful. A little bit more of me is like this is okay. And whatever nudges you whatever tips your scale to give you majority stake and acceptance of the ambiguity to get you at that 51 percent. do more of that if you need whoever you need to talk to if you want to support local businesses and safely get takeout if you want to play games if you want to work if you want to watch netflix and do literally nothing else if you want to just like power through and like write your next novel or start a business whatever like i just think people need to use this time exactly how they need to to take care of themselves and to make their time and their day feel and manageable in whatever way is best for them and their families and there's just a lot of people telling you how to spend your time and what to do and what to do with your kids and your schedule and homeschooling and blah 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 it just it doesn't matter the worst thing anybody can do is um minimize their own response uh and compare it to other people's um it, it's just it's gonna make it worse <laughs> So I just don't want anybody feeling like it, they There, it's invalid for them to feel scared, even though everyone's affected or it could be worse or whatever. The, those are the types of that's the type of commentary that drives people crazy and makes you never work through any problems or work through any pain. Um, I think what helps you is being like, I'm disappointed. This is affecting this. And just because everyone else is affected doesn't mean it doesn't disappoint me any less deeply and um just like let yourself have minutes and hours where things aren't feeling great and that it's fine um but i do think that doing more of the thing that makes you feel in control takes your mind off of it brings you small bits of joy to just like that that's that's what's so important to focus on right now because i everyone i've talked to is really oscillating between like i'm fine this is awful i'm fine this is awful there's just like not a lot of middle ground and anyway i just Go easy on yourself. Check in with people. If you live alone, make sure, and especially if you're an extrovert, you want and you need the external energy. Make sure you're maintaining connectivity with people. Um, let me know if I can help in any way. I think all of us need to do our job checking in on other people as well. Um, and I just don't want people to beat themselves up about not having the perfect response to something that they literally could have never anticipated or planned for. And yeah. Deep breaths, one day at a time, one meal at a time. I'm just kind of stringing my days between meals. Um, And uh, I just appreciate you being here. And this episode is fun. And I apologize for that heavy intro. It's like a weird thing of like, I don't want to ignore it. I want this to be light. But I also just like, I don't know if I can put in my two cents. It's just, you know, I I feel like people are feeling all sorts of ways. And I just, you know, can't tell you any like facts or make you feel any better (laughs) other than. I think we're all like downplaying a little bit how like weirded out we are by this whole thing. And, um, there's, you know, a real lack of direction and, uh, the only soapboxy thing I'll say is like, just for these 14 days, guys, like, you, you know why it's important. You've heard a million people say it, it's two weeks in the grand scheme of things. And then we'll see what happens. But I just think these 14 days are super critical. And if you could just commit, (laughs) to you know one step at a time be a good citizen and member of your community and look out for other people that you would hope would have your back when you were vulnerable and for people not distancing right now I don't like I don't it's not about like wanting to like shame or guilt people into it like I don't want people doing things because they like feel guilty or like got yelled at I want people to like just like dig it deeper and just do this because Just like you, your life would be derailed in insurmountable ways if you're, you know, parents, sibling, kids, friends, grandparents, nieces, nephews, whoever it is, the people that you love the most and deem indispensable to your life. It's easy to operate within our own circles, but remember that every single person in this world is an indispensable person to somebody. And that when you're the person going through the thing you think is never going to happen to you, all you can hope is that there's people surrounding you that have your back and that are doing everything in their power to make the situation better. And um, I just think when you operate from a place of everybody is somebody's mom or daughter or sister or friend or parent or whatever it is, like let's look out for each other in terms of being human beings that understand we all have people we deeply care about and want to keep safe. And assuming that if the tables were turned and we were in their situation, how we would hope and pray that people would comply for our sake too. And it's not about being a contrarian or a conspiracy. It's not about prophecy. It's just about science. And I I know a lot of you personally that I've met, I, a lot of you in the Facebook group, I I feel like I have a good grasp on who a lot of you are. And I know you're good people and that care about people. And I know you'll do the right thing. And I trust you. And I don't want to preach, um, even though I just did. But anyway, can just i don't know be a different voice reframing things in the event one person is like okay yeah maybe um <laughs> i i don't know i just think the broader theme of any anytime you're a beneficiary of something but aren't willing to give anything to it you gotta check yourself right uh i think we all benefit so much from our communities municipalities from a lot of different organizations and means of, of that require the co- cooperation of a collective and if you're gonna operate from a silo in terms of what you're willing to give, you like I don't know. I think ethically you have to be comfortable with getting back the same. Um, so just something to think about. Um, anyway, I'll let you go. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Be There in Five. Don't forget to rate and review five stars. Literally. Like the only way people find out about the podcast is if you share on Instagram stories. And I know people like grovel and beg for this stuff. But like um, I've tried to like be cool about like, you know, telephone, whatever. It's chill. But like you guys know I'm not chill. Um, I need the promotion and I love you for it. And especially if anything's funny or resonates with you, don't do it if like you don't want to. But if you if anything uh, ever stands out to you, a lot of you guys promoted it this week, which is so cool because people are looking for company. And, you know, oh, how the turns have tabled. To quote Michael Scott, "Is that what he said?" Um, <laughs> now people want length, and I'm here for it. I I will speak as long as you'll listen. So please tell a friend; I would mean the world to me. And um, I'll look forward to the next time we talk. Please hang in there; it's going to be fine. It really will be. And I know I don't know more than you, but I just like you know. Sometimes it's better to hear somebody else say it. I know you know it's going to be fine, and I know it's going to be fine. And you just like I said, the blind leading the blind, the fine leading the fine. I don't want to be that person. Um, I actually do think that's the truth. I don't ever want to blow smoke. I don't want to tell you I feel fine because I don't, but I do know it will be fine. Okay. Love you tons. As always, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Now my heart is breaking, but I just keep on saying